Blackbirds, Volume 1, Episode 3. Written by Andre Philip Coleman. Melvin Chambers, late 60s, balding, but with some scraps of gray, sits in an old chair on the front of his porch with a glass of lemonade. His friend, Edgar Smith, lounges next to him. Mona, come give us some more lemonade. Man, this is going to be up in the 90s. Mona! Marina, long gray hair, comes outside with a tray of lemonade. Melvin Chambers, if you don't stop all that screaming, it was right there on the table. Why didn't you get it? Well, I'm comfortable. If you ain't the most shiftless man in the world, you just sit there all day and let the world go by. When you as old as I am, woman, and you been through what I ain't been through, you don't want life stopping at your door no more. <laughs> man, please. Well... Won't be long now till we see that old devil dancing. Oh, that's just some voodoo stuff come up out the swamp. Devil got way too much to do, didn't come up around here. Man, you don't know what you're speaking on. That ain't no voodoo. That's for real. I saw him the last time. Oh, you saw what the bottom of that bottle you're drinking out of. Uh-uh. Uh, back in 38 or 40, by 4 a.m., I was coming home. I seen him standing in the middle of the field, just smiling. Had a bag over his shoulder. He screamed my name, Edgar Smith. So I walk over to him and I asked him what he wanted. He told me he was buying souls. Asked me if I wanted to sell him mines. I told him I still had use of it. So he smiles at me and I ask him, devil, what you smiling at? You know what he said? He said he was bound to fill his bag the next day. So I asked him how he knew, and he said he was about to make it so hot, folk would sell their souls for a glass of water. Next day, it was hotter than it's ever been, and when I walked by that field, he was dancing because his bag was so heavy, he could barely lift it. Only devil you saw is the one looking back at you in the mirror when you shave him. Must be at least 10 degrees hotter since I got here. Uppity ass niggas buying color televisions now. Why is it black folk always want what white folks got? Bad enough as talk about making kids go to that white school next year. They nice folks, Edgar. Ain't they folk? Over the last three weeks, all kind of folks been coming and going since they got that television. Some of these folks ain't been down here in months. Matter of fact, I thought I saw your black ass looking around there a few nights ago. You ain't seen me. You and all these folks coming down here acting all friendly wanting to hang on. Ain't Bobby's fault. The McCrae's is nice folks. McCray House. Rita is captivated by a puppet show on television. 
Joshua pulls his shirt over his head as he comes down the stairs. My man, where this morning? Rita. Rita. I'm watching something. You didn't hear me talking to you? Where's mama? She's at work. And if she was at home, he would smell breakfast. Lincoln is out singing someplace. One, two, three o'clock, four o'clock, rock. Five, six, seven o'clock. Joshua hears rock around the clock playing outside. He peeks through the curtain, but he doesn't open them. Lana hangs clothes on the line. The sheets blow in the wind behind her. He smiles, and then his gaze goes upward. Bernice watches him from a side window. Joshua steps out of her line of vision and closes the window. How does she know? Joshua turns his attention back to the clown on TV. He has a big red Afro wig on. What kind of weird wig is that? Joshua slumps back on the couch and grabs a Batman comic book off an end table. Rita changes the channel to see the roller derby. Getting lined up, the whistle blows. And there goes Dottie Zack. Zack moving out on the Roller derby? Yeah, all the sports on the radio are on TV. Josh! Boy, come up here. Robert stands in the bathroom holding his razor. He takes a towel and wipes his shaving cream off his face. And dull ass razor. Get it? Your mama left a list down on the table next to $5. Go on down to the store and pick me up a couple of razors. Can I do it at the roller derby? Boy, you forgot it two times already. Okay, okay, Dad. And head in the clouds over that girl. Joshua grabs the money off the table. There's a knock on the door. Joshua answers it. It's Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. She's carrying a pie. Hello, Joshua. How are you? How are you, ma'am? Rita, how are you, baby? Come give me some sugar. Rita comes over and hugs her. <laughs> you are just growing like a weed. What are you doing today? Watching Puppet Cavalcade on TV. You are? That sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it's good to see you, baby. Rita goes back to the TV. Who is it? It's Mr. and Mrs. Taylor. Mrs. Taylor stretches her neck to look around Joshua and see the television. May we come in? Sure. My mother isn't here, but my father be down in a moment. Hey, how y'all doing? Mrs. Taylor doesn't take her eyes off the television. Sorry to call on you unannounced. We were just in the neighborhood, so we thought we would bring y'all some cobbler. I just baked it last night. Leona ain't here right now, and I'm uh, just getting out the shower. I'll just leave it on the table, and we'll call on y'all in a few days. Let's go, Scooter. You take care, Joshua. Joshua Bye. closes the door behind them. Robert comes down the stairs. He rubs the hair on his face. He comes to the living room and slaps down on his chair. Damn, freeloaders. He turns on his radio and picks up his baseball glove from the floor. Daddy, why don't you watch the game on TV? What for? So you can see it. Even if I see it, I still ain't there, baby girl. Bring me back two beers while you're down there. I'm not old enough to buy beer. Tell them I just got back from the dentist. They have to sell them to you then. Hell, as much money as I spend down there every week, they ought to give them to you for free. And make sure you pick up everything on that list. I don't want to hear your mama complaining later. Okay, Dad, I'll be back. Albert's Market. 
Joshua pushes a shopping cart down an aisle marked Negro Shopping. As he looks for the items on the shopping list, he sees the Grandma Maddie syrup and pauses for a second and stares at the label. He looks around and notices similar racist images on other products. Joshua grabs a generic brand of syrup. He pushes the cart again. Hey, come on. As Joshua puts it in the basket, he notices two women whisper as they watch him. That's their son right over there. Joshua's at the seafood counter. The clerk hands him a wrapped piece of red snapper. Thank you. I can't seem to find you. Not in like big spenders. Find red snapper like white folks. Joshua is in the middle of the Negro's customer line to pay for the groceries. He shifts nervously in the line. All of the customers stare at him. Stanley, young, African-American, works behind the cash register. A white security guard stands behind Stanley and watches his every move. Hey, Josh, how are you folks? Fine. You find everything okay? Oh, here's the money from last month's bill. Good man. Joshua grabs the bag of groceries and hurries out of the store. After he regains his composure, he runs off. McCray House. Robert and Leona sit on the porch enjoying dinner at dusk. Through the window, we can see Rita watching the Howdy Doody show inside on television. That girl loves that television. I didn't know there were that many puppet shows and cartoons in the world. <laughs> has a way of just stealing time. You sit down to watch a program and the next thing you know, an hour has passed by. Boy, why are you running up here like somebody behind you? What's wrong, baby? Everybody in the store is watching me. Joshua looks behind him to make sure no one followed him. Watching you for what? They all know we got a TV. They were whispering and pointing. It's like I was in a zoo. I heard two ladies say we trying to be like white folks. Us? Yeah, they said we think we better than everybody because we got a color TV. These people lost a damn mind. But you keep your voice down. Rita is in the next room. Hell, she ain't listening to us. She in there watching that box. Folks who don't even call us coming by here ain't putting up with this, Leona. Baby, take these groceries inside and put them on the table. Joshua goes in the house. Can you believe this? As soon as we get something, the same people complain about how black people are treated act like we're doing something wrong. Shh, nothing but a bunch of old hens. They can kiss my black ass and I mean every part of it. Hmm. What? Church is tomorrow. Robert drops his head and closes his eyes. church. The loud church bells echo across Denier as the black people come from throughout town in their Sunday best. It's a small country church. The choir sings as congregants enter with the McCrae's. Yeah, we ain't about to start missing our time with the Lord. 
We've been going to this church since we were kids. As the McCrays make their way down the aisle, some Black members of the congregation stare at them. A few of them whisper to each other. They find seats next to Mabel and Scooter. Good morning. Good morning. Excuse us, some friends from out of town just came in. Scooter. Let them go on. Only came by when they was broke or hungry anyway. <laughs> Lincoln tries to restrain his laughter. Leona gives him the mom look. Lincoln straightens up. <laughs> Sorry, mama. A couple of people cut their eyes at the McCrae's during the song, but the family ignores it. After the song ends, Reverend Johnson, portly, 40-ish, walks to the podium, sets his Bible down, and without moving his head, his eyes scan the flock. As I was listening to the beautiful selection by our choir, I could feel a heaviness in the congregation. Well, 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 well. The good book said, the heart is deceitful above all things. Our heart seeks God and sin at the same time. Now, now follow me, now follow me. We do this because we are born with a deep, dark hole of despair in our hearts. And those of us who answered the call, well, we fill that hole with God. Now, others, they fill up that hole with worldly things. That's when we begin to, to ignore our spiritual condition. Pilate was deceived by his heart. As was Samson when he listened to Delilah. You see, he thought she was what he needed, and we all know Eve's deception. And when our hearts deceive us, that old devil, he's right there next to us, whispering in our ear, go ahead, go on ahead, do it. Nobody gonna know. Drink it, taste it, enjoy it. Come back for more. Now, sadly, we have that going on in our congregation today. Folks gossiping up all up in other people's business. Mmm, preach, Reverend. Leona looks over at Mabel. They think their heart is perfect. So it's okay to be in other folks' business, talking about how they need to live. But what we don't realize is we can lead people to gossip with our sin. Praise the Lord, saints. With our own idolatry for worldly things. Cars, cigarettes, and colored TVs. He takes a long pause and puts his hand on his head for effect, as if the sins of the flock wound him. You ain't tidin', but you got a colored TV. The McCrae's freeze. Mabel looks back at them and rolls her eyes. Oh, you called it. I'm finished with this. What you mean, Mom? I'm tired of the whispering and being stared at. Y'all, get your stuff. The family collects its things and heads for the exit. Brother McCray, is everything okay? We're fine. Don't stop now. Keep on gossiping and looking down at people just because they got something you don't have. Come on, baby. Robert starts to lead the family towards the back door. No, Bobby, we ain't going out no back door. We walked in through the front door, and that's the same door I'm walking out. Y'all need to stay and listen 
to this word. Leona takes Rita by the hand and marches down the aisles and out of the front door. Come on now. Neighborhood. The McCrays walk home from church, frustrated by the hypocrisy they encountered. Ain't nothing but a bunch of two-faced hypocrites. Mabel and Scooter never came by unless they wanted something. Then we get a TV and all of a sudden they just in the neighborhood. How you just in the neighborhood when you live up the damn street and around the corner? Robert doesn't respond. Lincoln elbows Joshua as they walk by Lana's. She's outside with Bernice and her little brother. Joshua waves slightly at Lana so as not to make it a big deal. Lana waves back. Bernice stares at Joshua. <laughs> yeah, she watching you. Bernice told me you came by the house a few weeks ago to ask her daughter out. I mean, yeah, she told me to come back when I had a good reason. Robert still hasn't said a word. I can't even believe she wants to go out with you. All right, that's enough of that. Did any of the other boys come back and ask out again? I don't think so. She scared all of them away. You can't be afraid of challenges, Joshua. <laughs> What's wrong, baby? Daddy's going to take the TV back because nobody likes us anymore. I know he is. I know it. Leona hugs her. No, no. It's going to be okay. Daddy's not taking it back, okay? Bobby. Robert walks up the porch and puts his key inside and enters the house. The rest of the family enters as Robert walks up the stairs. Leona storms up the stairs behind him. Robert and Leona's bedroom. Robert is taking his tie off when Leona comes in. Bobby, we are not getting rid of that television set because of a bunch of jealous-ass hypocrites. Leona, this set ain't done nothing but bring us problems. Hell, now we can't even go to church without folks whispering and conspiring. Well, what happened to living like we want to? It's not just us, baby. What about the kids? What happens when school starts? At some point, the kids have to learn that other people don't decide who they are or how they live their life. So what's going to happen when I get to work tomorrow? When you go to work? Baby, those folks ain't just got like that. They've been like this long before that TV came in this house. The Reverend, Mabel, Scooter, all of them. Getting rid of that TV won't change a thing. Lincoln comes to the bedroom door. Daddy, Reverend Johnson's coming up the porch. That is big ass scene. Living room. Robert comes down the steps, followed by Leona and Lincoln. Joshua and Rita watch television. Reverend Johnson is with three deacons. Well, well, well. Look at this, baby. The gang's all here. One of the deacons turns his head slightly and glances at the television set. What are you looking for? You looking for the television? Well, it's right in here. You ain't got to break your neck to see it. Brother McCree, perhaps the men should discuss this uh, in private. Leona starts walking up on him. Men, my ass. This is my house, and I'll throw your ass out of here quicker than he will. So, so that language ain't necessary. Wait a minute. Did you just raise your voice at my wife in my house and tell her what she can say? Well, I'm sorry if my tone offended you. Y'all going in the kitchen? Joshua, Lincoln, and Rita head to the kitchen. 
We are urging you to sell that television and come on back to the family of God. Think of all the good that money do if you would donate it to the church. Who's good we talking about, Reverend? God's good or your good? Well, my good is God's good. The church has been compassionate and have not said anything about your family not tithing over the last several months. But we have become concerned based on uh, recent decisions. Oh, so you mad because you ain't getting a cut or you like the rest of those so-called Christian brothers? Jealous because I decided to do something for mine. That's not the problem here. The problem is with your heart. Not with the church of God. No, the problem is you trying to get in our pocket. Just a bunch of jealous ass fools. Hell, we already got white folks holding us back. Now we gotta worry about black folks too? Sister, what kind of Lincoln, Joshua Rita, come in here. The children look surprised. Don't make me call you twice. They walk into the room nervously. I want y'all to see this. This is why black folks don't get nowhere. As soon as we start to climb up, we got other black folks pulling us down. White folks will keep you down. But folks like this always want to pull you down on their level. Joshua's eyes lock on Reverend Johnson. Reverend Johnson won't look at him. Rita, don't you ever waste your time on a man like this. He preaches God, but he surrounds himself with these weak fools that kiss behind all day. Now wait a minute, Sister McCray. You are speaking against God. No, it ain't God. It's black folks like you. The kind who go to church every Sunday and sing songs about a better life and pray to see the land of milk and honey. But it has to be your land of milk and honey. You don't want to see nobody else get there before you. Bobby, get these sorry-ass nigga hypocrites out of my house. Lincoln runs into the room and opens the door. Now you ain't used to moving fast, but you better speed it up today. As Reverend Johnson walks by, Robert gets in his face. And don't come back up in here and get in my pocket again. Next time, I'll throw you so far you won't even touch them steps. The deacons run out of the house to Reverend Johnson's white Cadillac and speed off. Bernice stops collecting her laundry and giggles. Nearby, Edgar and Melvin laugh from the porch. <laughs> Let's go watch TV. Mommy, are we going to church next weekend? <laughs> Girl, stop asking so many questions. <laughs>